This is a Think Live Be production. So here we go. <laughs> we're we're starting. Yeah. What? I'm not ready. <laughs> so, for our listeners out there, Kayla's not here today. Kayla's out. Right. She's she's sick. Yeah. And we don't want any sickies in our house. We're not. Get, we're, we don't take. We take this very seriously. Yeah. We don't take any chances. It's not COVID. I'm like a microchip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just My body kidding. is a microchip. Um. Yeah. It's not COVID, but uh, you know. I don't have time to get any kind of anything. Right. So it's Neither best. one of us do. So, no. So we told her to stay home and we would do this together. So I think like our listeners probably can relate in real estate. It feels like you really don't have enough time. I feel like I say this every day. There's not enough time. Um, but you really don't have enough time to do everything as it is. Mm-hmm. So getting sick really can can knock things off course. Yeah, because if you're not doing it, no one is. And it's when it's your business... Yeah. Right. So that just means money's not being made. The whole thing shuts down if you get sick. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I've been fortunate that over the 15 years I've been selling houses, I think I was sick once. Knock on wood. Knock on. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, you know what's funny? I just remembered and I'm going to go down a rabbit hole real early. <laughs> Mr. Rabbit, wait. No, no, no. Um, it's really not. It's it's just. What? I just played that thing. <laughs> okay, it is. If that makes you feel better. Um, when I was sick that one time, I had uh, met with somebody about selling their house probably the day before or, you know, a couple of days before. And so I owed this person a market analysis and I felt like I had to do it. So I was sick in bed writing up a, a CMA. And yeah. and I don't know if you remember this. That. I sort of do. Well, so and I, you know, because I was sick, I blame that this on being sick. I, I really kind of overpriced the house um, because I was- You were delirious. I, w- I wasn't feeling well and I shouldn't have been right. trying to do that. So you half-assed it, not really kind of do, didn't have the brain power to really do it the right way. Yeah. And I, w- yeah, I wouldn't say half-assed it because that implies like I wasn't trying to do a good job or something. Right. I was just throwing it together. The cold medicine wasn't allowing you. To was, I was trying really hard. And so I sent over this market analysis and- um, and and I ended up listing the house and it did not sell. That thing didn't sell because the price was too high yeah. because I really wasn't in the headspace. So it can really affect you to to be sick. So we don't take any any chances with this stuff. <laughs> um, but overall, though, uh, been lucky not to. <laughs> you, is that you knocking on wood? Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, Kayla's not here. So we're talking we're going to talk about leads and um Kayla what (laughs) um oh right he wants me to read the intro (laughs) uh this is our podcast it's called seeking the best where we talk about overcoming the personal and professional hurdles being in the real estate industry one of which could just be if you're an individual agent just getting sick one day and how to deal with that professionally and tactfully and uh, I'm Catherine Stelgis, and um, Kayla is one of our co-hosts, uh, and she's my director of operations at the Think Libby team. And then Patrick Fatika over here is another co-host, and he keeps this thing running. That's me. Um, and is our sound engineer producer extraordinaire. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Good morning. Good morning. 
it is morning. We're doing this uh, nice and early. Get this um, done and get some juices flowing and ideas flowing. Yeah, before uh, lead generation starts. Yeah. Get you get your voice all up and running and ready Maybe to go. Maybe this is a good warm up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's why we do script and role play. Well, it's also to like go over the scripts, but it is just to kind of get your energy going too. I mean, sure. that's the point of it. Um, yeah, it'd be, it's really hard if you wake up living alone or or even with a significant other who goes to work and you don't really speak and, and or say, you know, have a small little conversation in the morning and then go to the office and then sit down and start to lead generate. You haven't really warmed up yet. There's a reason why, you know, improv artists war- have warm up games and, yeah. and, and dancers. Musicians have a every, rehearsal. Yeah, there's you guys, everybody warms up a little bit. So to just pick up the phone and start cold calling, you can do it, but I don't think you're going to get what you want out of it unless you do a, some sort of warm up first. Yeah. Well, so I thought we'd talk about some old leads because I've started a project. Want to hear about it? <laughs> It's a big project. <laughs> it's called organizing this database. It's insane. Um, so we talk a lot about, um, you know, database and sphere, not the same thing. So when I say database in this episode, I mean the entire amount of contacts in our CRM, our customer relationship management system. And And what is that? Not as what is a CRM, but who are you? Who are those people? So it is a variety of people. It's anyone who's ever, um, it it's all all the spheres in there. Every past client, anybody who's ever inquired about buying a house, inquired about selling a house, people we've met at community events. It's a lot of different people. Um, there may even be some agents in there. Is there you know? like people like when you get the list? So if you get like a list of people from an open house, do they go in there? Yep. Anybody who's ever been to an open house. And so over time, so I'll kind of go back in time. So when I first started in real estate, um, I started with a different company. And the idea of a database, like I don't really remember learning about this. I do remember learning about Sphere and having to write note cards to people. So there was some training around like getting getting those people that you know in like getting in communication with them, right? But um, once I started understanding what a CRM was and the purpose of that tool is to keep in touch with systematically all of the people that could do business with you and providing them value through whatever, you know, whatever sources like an email, direct mail, mm-hmm. text, call, et cetera. Um, that, start, that really makes sense to me because I have a background in marketing. Um, and that's just how you do sales like that. You keep in touch with people over time until they have the need for your service or product. And then you, um, put them into the sales pipeline. So all this makes sense. And I started, I think back in the day I was using the first CRM I used was top producer. And I'm sure that's still around. It was a good product at the time. And I got everybody in there. And then I moved to Market Leader at one point. It was eEdge for Keller Williams. And so somewhere along the way, probably some people got lost right, cause you in have the to, move you, over. You have to make like some sort of file type yeah. and it, it compresses everything and then opens into the new system. And this it's always never does it perfectly never. smooth the way that you used to be back in the day when you would get a new phone. 
and try to con- <laughs> transfer all your stuff from your first phone to your second phone or first computer to your next new computer. Yeah. It never really worked that well. Yeah. So it probably lost some people between top producer to market leader. Disorganized, <laughs> weird fo- folders with just random stuff in it. And then probably spent a good amount of time trying to organize Market Leader Edge, And then we moved to Command. And I'm never changing CRMs ever again. Keller Williams better not do away with Command because I'm never doing this again. Hopefully the technology is growing to a point where it's getting easier to be able to do it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, but whenever you go to move to a new system, no matter what, it never, what you're talking about, it never lines up correctly. You download a a template. Mm -hmm to put all of the people into. So you've got to copy and paste and then you upload that into the new system and inevitably stuff just doesn't show up. Yeah, cuz the the new the new product isn't concerned with making sure the old product matches up to it. That's not they'll they'll get it as close as they can, but their their focus isn't going to be yeah, and in fairness, I do think when they were building Command, um, they really tried to make it compatible and even had like specific ways to upload uh-huh. your database to the system depending on like where it was coming from. Yeah. Um, but anyways, long story short, what we have now is a giant list of people, many of which are properly communicated with um, and tagged and all that, but there's just a lot of these old leads that have just kind of fallen through the cracks over time. They get stuff periodically, but it's just not that systematic stuff anymore. And it's kind of like, what do you do with somebody, right? This is a question that if you've been doing, if you've been in business for at least a few years, you have old leads. Like you met somebody in an open house, you know, a couple of years ago when you first started and you haven't talked to them since. What do you do with that person? Do you just delete them? I mean, you spent the time sitting there in the open house got their information Mm -hmm. what do you do with them yeah that's sort of rhetorical but i'm curious pat what do you think (laughs) well i mean it all depends on how much time you've got right like there's if you've got if you don't have a huge database you don't have a bunch of clients that you're working with now you could always reach out if you're that kind of an agent right or you can uh put them in some sort of a you know 12 time a year touch sort of thing where you're sending them a postcard or some sort of some sort of 8 by 8 or 12 by 12 or you could say you know what i want uh, you could wipe the slate clean right just burn it all down <laughs> and just burn it all down and but start today... over and stay organized cuz i i've done that too right <laughs> like this isn't exactly the same thing but like we we have this house and it's old and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done to it. And so there's parts where there's baseboards and window trim and it's like, well, I could go through and scrape and sand and bring it back and spend the time to do that and use the original. Or I could just rip all of the baseboard off and just replace it with new baseboard and make sure that it's being taken care of. So it depends on if you're the kind of person who is going to get overwhelmed and then it's always going to be a mess because you get two letters into cleaning it up and you're like, this is too much. I've got too many other things to do. And it's just always going to be a mess. Or sometimes maybe it is better to just burn it all down. I don't know. So yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer either, but I'm, I'm more of like a, um, I don't know if hoarder is the right word, but like I've, I've collected all of these people's information. Yeah. 
And that's that took years yeah, and I, time and money and effort. Mm-hmm. And to just burn it all down seems like I would be there's a lot of missed opportunity it's in defi- there. It's definitely a personality thing because <laughs> because and and you're right. That's the way there's no right answer to this. You are right. All of that is true. The other side of it is me sanding versus ripping it all down, which is I could sand it. That's true. But how much time and effort is it going to take to sand it all down? Versus just throwing it away and starting over and getting all new stuff. Because, yeah, well. Because the, then I'm focused and I, I know for sure and all, you know what I mean? It's like, so so there is both sides to that. Yeah. Where, where you can, you know, how much time, how much effort is it going to be to go through 15 years worth of people who have maybe moved away you don't know you've never really talked to blah 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 all of the things or just starting over well and, and- so I, you know i love your analogies <laughs> and um baseboards and people's contact info that could lead to sales are not 100 percent the same I right said, yeah i mean it's 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 like you do yes will it be time consuming Sure. But what are you supposed to be doing between nine and noon every day yeah. or eight and noon every day? You're supposed to be calling people. Well, that's what I said. Most- if you don't have the people to call, like you're in the business, like 15 years, you better have people to call. Right. So, so if you're, but if you're second year agent and you've got people in your database from that, you don't really know what to do with from when you first started, then reaching out is a possible thing. When well, you're, when you're, you, if for you specifically, who um, is an agent who has a team and is still an agent in the business running that team and then going on listing appointments and doing the day to day and having 15 years worth of database is like the is is a full full time job doing that database, like getting it back on. So how are you supposed to do the other job? Well, you know what so I mean? How can you, I? Yeah. So, so, okay. So I'm going to say what the the project that I've started and I'm going to try to explain it to you (laughs) because I think it makes sense and I need some feedback. Okay. So we, we have started using the DTD2 system for calling sphere and past clients. Have I explained that before? No. Okay. So this is some, I don't know why it's called, well, I guess it's called DTD2. It's the database two. I don't know. What it means is you're calling two segments of people every week. Mm -hmm. So people with the last name that starts with two certain letters, right? So this week- It's a pre-constructed- Yes. Somebody put it together. Template. Maps Maps has a class about it. Maps Coaching has a class about it. And it's, it's just a system in which to make sure that every person gets touched because what happens? So let's, let's take a step back and say, I'm not talking about database anymore. I'm talking about sphere and past clients. What happens if I start the year and I'm like, okay, I'm going to call through my whole database. I'm going to start on the I'm going to start on the A's and then I get to like C's and D's and then I get distracted and something happens and I'm busy and, Three and then four months go by and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me go and I'm going to start with the Z's and I'm going to work backwards. And then these people in the middle never get touched. I definitely have experienced that many years ago where they just don't get touched. The last name starts with an M. They've never, (laughs) I've never talked to them since they closed. No, but, um, but that's definitely something I experienced as a newer agent was like never really knowing how to complete that, that, 
those calls. Um, then once I got a database, right, then you could set them up on some sort of smart plan where they're going to get a quarterly task and it just, the task just comes up and it just gets done. But what I find with that is it's still really easy to skip people and you archive the task or just like, well, I don't feel like talking to that person today. I don't know. So there's something appealing to me about you have two letters of the alphabet this week and your job is to call these two letters and hit all of those people. So like, for example, this week is H and V. So anybody with the last name that starts with H and anybody with the last name that starts with V are all getting a call from me this week. And just, it kind of eliminates that, um, that feeling of like, well, I don't really feel like calling them today. It also doesn't put, if you start at the beginning or you start at the end, you can see where you are in the list. Like it's real easy. Oh, I'm on H. I still have three quarters of this alphabet to do. But when you're doing H and V and then tomorrow you're doing K and S, it's like there is no, like it, it, it doesn't have that, that huge mountain that you're looking up going like, am I ever going to get over this thing? Yeah. I just have to call the people just, with the last names right. H and V. Just and by the way, when you break that down, wh- however many past clients and sphere you've got for the most part, most people are not going to really have that many people to call every week. Right. And I think it's set up like, I don't it know exactly it, how it, they chose make, the letters, right, but, but it, yeah. So they're not doing T and S right next to each other. They're not doing name letters that are, Right. Both giant letters, but then at the same time, they're not putting two insignificant letters next to each other either. Yeah. And it does make it small, which we talk about all the time, bite-sized goals. Right. That you can accomplish. All I have to worry about is H and V. I don't have to worry about the whole thing or when is this going to be done. All I have to think about is H. Yes. So that's the system we've started using for calling Sphere and past clients, ensuring that we're going to hit every single one of them quarterly, no matter what, no matter who they are, unless I've truly decided that they're not on my call list anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in starting that this year, what I also decided was that, okay, we have, you know, 3,000 people that are in this system that are, there's a lot of old leads, right? So what am I going to do with all these other people? Um, And how are we going to communicate with them? So then what I decided to do is, well, I'm just going to do the same thing. I'm going to go through the H and the Vs this week of all the other people. Now, I'd assume that that's a lot more. Well, yeah. Um, But again, it's still it's still chunked down. Mm. Like and it's that, still you, not that many if if you think about the grand scheme. So I just did like 3,000 divided by... Um, divided by like a quarter, divided by a week, divided by the days. Am I making sense? Yeah. And it's like 12 people a day. Huh. Okay. Which is more than you're supposed to, or less than what you're supposed to be, the m- number of contacts a day. Right. It's, yeah. It's like what a, like a bold. Well, a bold is 20. 20. You're supposed to get 20 right. contacts so a day. If you can't do 12, then there's an issue. Yeah. So, so and, and now it's not just contacting them though. It's also updating them in the system. So like right. you, there's there's a little bit of time right. involved in, right. in tagging them properly and deciding what to do with them and stuff. But so what I've decided to do is, so this week is H&V. So I'm going through all of the H&Vs in their actual contacts. I'm not actually reaching out to them this week unless they're specifically people where it's like, oh man, 
I forgot about that person. I met them in an open house. Like I did talk to them several times. I don't know why they fell off this radar because let's, let's be honest stuff. This, this just happens. Yeah. And I'm just going to go ahead and call them. Cause I'm like, Oh, they, they said they were going to be ready right now. You know? Um, but if not, I'm just going through to get them updated. And then I'm taking that list and that's the list when of people say, I call when you next say week. Updated. These are people that are in this list that could have been in this CRM for 10 years. What do you mean by updated? Well, let me give you an example. If you're not calling them. What does that mean? Well, like, they're getting, you, you, they're going to get called next week. Right, but because it's too time not consuming everybody, to do. I'm assuming that in that list like let's just say his name is Bob Jones. Bob Jones, you have his phone number but not his email address. Or vice versa. Mm. You don't have his mailing address because they just signed in in, a, in an open house at some point. And he, you can't, or there's a phone number there and there is an email, but you can't read it because it's all scribbly and stuff. So so it was bypassed, not never put in the system. So when, what do you mean when you update and how do you, and or and it's or it's somebody that's in that database. It, it's Bob Jones, but one of your past buyer agents did the open house and they're no longer working for you. Like what? Mm-hmm. And so, so you don't have any idea who this person is. What does that mean? When well, you say update. Okay, it depends because let's say um, if Bob Jones is from the last couple of years, I have created a smart plan that talks about like, did COVID change your buying plans? And then there's a same exact plan for sellers that says, did COVID change your moving plans? And then it's more specific to selling. So if it's the from the last few years. Even I would go to like 2018 because maybe somebody inquired about, just as an example, somebody inquired about selling their house in 2018 with the intention of doing it, you know, in the next year or two. Because that's what happens is people are sort of, they start to get curious and they might ask for a home valuation or something. Mm -hmm. And then time passes and then they're thinking, okay, I'm going to do it in 2020. Well, then COVID happened. So all the way back to about then, I'm adding them to that smart plan. And that's a series of emails as well as call tasks. So regardless if you know who they are. I don't care. I don't know who most of these people right. are. Um, it doesn't matter if they walked in an open house or they inquired on a website. It doesn't really matter. If I don't have a note that specifically says like they closed on a house or they right. you know, said, don't call me ever again. We hate you. <laughs> like if I don't have a note like that, they're going on that smart plan. Okay. If they're before that time frame though, then they're going to just, I'm just going to tag them old buyer or old seller. And I'm going to, then the following week, they're going to go into a call list for us to call and try to reach them to know what's going on there. Now, generally speaking, when those, on those people, those older people, old buyer, old seller, is it in your database, like what they are? Like this guy with, yeah. Oh, okay. Now also some, because we've moved systems, if they're particularly old, some of the notes might not be there. So that's where I mean, like I'm trying to find out where they came from. Uh-huh. And this is really quick, by the way, this does not take a ton of time. Listen, if somebody inquired on, let's say I'm, I'm going to give a couple examples. If they inquired on realtor.com, guess what? I've got an email that came through. So if I search their phone number or email address in my inbox, mm. I'll find the original inquiry and what it was if, in case there's no notes or they're they're particularly old. If they went to an open house, um, same thing. There's going to be some sort of record because of the systems we've used for open houses. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you can track it, most of them down. Yes. 
there's for the most part, I know where all of these people came from. If it's not already in the notes, it can easily be found. Um, we also use like a lead routing service. So sometimes I can find it in there. Right. Um, so yeah. Anyways. So if, if they're particularly old though, and I don't know who they are and I know where they came from, but we really don't have like a, a, a good record of what happened to them since then, mm. then they're just going to get tagged old buyer and they're going to be put on a list for us to call next week. Okay. So next week we'll be calling all of these old people, but only after we've called the next sphere and database. These are the lower priority. Right. So we have to clear all of the... So next week... Sphere, sphere and database, which we were speaking about earlier, where you're calling H and B right now. Next week, it'll be two new letters. Right. You finish that, and then you go to the database. Yep. And the old H and Vs get called. Right. So that way, by the end of the first quarter, every single person has been called if we have right. a phone number. If right. Like if we only have yeah. an email address, then they're just going to go on an email. Right. And, and so be it, you know. If they respond, great. If they don't, so be it. Right. One of the things that I've noticed, though, is like because there's other people. So if you have a team or even even just a couple people, even if you don't have a large team, like um, you get an assistant at some point and they're in the database or you get a buyer's agent and they're in the database you're going to, it starts to get messy when there's too many hands in that thing. Of course. And and that's where it's like, okay, I got to clean many, this. Too many cooks in the kitchen. I got to clean this thing up. People, people don't know how to tag stuff right and all that stuff. So I'm trying to get it back to like, we've communicated, everybody is tagged properly and going forward, here is the system in which to do it. Yeah. And then it can be audited on a weekly basis to make sure that everything sure. was done right. But you've got to kind of get it. Like to a point yeah, of you're doing a really deep spring cleaning. It's a and spring then, cleaning. And then it's like, and then we're going to every week dust and vacuum. Right. So that it doesn't get to be a disaster again by fall. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so working on that, that's my new project. It's actually, I'm finding it really fun. Ugh. <laughs> you see what I live with? <laughs> Um, but so what I was going to say is maybe we'll take a quick break and then I'll get into, um, like, okay, so now you're going through these people, right? And you're going to call them. What are you going to say to them? Yeah. I haven't talked to this person in years, or maybe they never answered the phone. Maybe I've never talked to this person. Exciting. Okay. Let's take a break. And we're back. Okay, so I was going to say, okay, what do you say to these people? Yeah. But um, let me digress for a second and go on to, so as you're updating people, one of the things that I've always done and haven't really used effectively, but it's something that's on, it's just on our radar and we've got the tags to make it work. We just have to start doing it more regularly. But like every time someone inquires about a house, um, as a buyer, right? Because most leads are buyers. Right. You get less seller leads unless you're paying for specific type of right. programs. Right, the ones that are just rolling in on their own, it's like 20 to 1, right? Yeah, I haven't or done the math, more. but prob- probably even more. Yeah. Just buyers have a tendency to reach out more frequently. And so with those, when they reach out about a property, they're kind of telling you in, in that moment, like, I'm interested in this area. And so we have 
you know, our tag spreadsheet of like what tags to be used consistently so mm-hmm. that it's easy to find people. Right. And I have a list of areas of town. So if somebody inquires about a property in a specific area. A specific tag. Because you could there's call a tag. Because you could call that us the same area 10 different things. Yes. So, right. So I, I the tag sheet allows us to consistently mark the same area. Right. So as an example, let's say somebody in, in Orlando, there's a neighborhood called Thornton. Kayla's going to be mad that she's not here. She loves this stuff. <laughs> um, well, so let's say in Orlando, there's an area called Thornton Park. Let's say somebody um, inquires about a, a listing in Thornton Park and they come through. I'm just making stuff up here. They come through Realtor.com. They're going to be tagged in there as Thornton Park. Because now if we take a listing in Thornton Park or a new listing comes on or any reason, we we now have a reason to reach out to this person because we have some general idea of what they're looking for. So I I think it's kind of like if you think about um, other businesses, like retail stores, when you get emails and things, they're sending you stuff that you would be interested in. Yeah, because of previous inquirements. Right. Previous sales, previous inquiries, right. clicking around, stuff like that. So it's it's kind of the same idea. And I'm not some genius just, or anything. It's just manual. Right. Um, the, the internet. This is just what. Have, they figure out a way to make this, to make all of that automatic. Right. You're doing it the, the old, the old fashioned way. Right. Now, if somebody inquires on a website, like one of our websites for a specific location, they can set up their own little thing. But most people, let's be realistic, unless you have a super um, effective search engine optimization strategy or you're paying for pay-per-clicks or things like that, you're not going to have a ton of website leads. Yeah. Like we get a decent amount and I just like, I don't think it's very good, you know? Yeah. it, those are those extra little things where you're like, oh, somebody found our website. Yeah, it's bonus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You certainly don't work that into your, yeah. So, so, um, so for the most part, though, you're going to have a general idea of what area they're looking in, and so it is manual. It has to be. So the only way that you can keep in touch with those people with their interests is by knowing what they are interested in, right? So tagging them and having that specific plan. Again, we're not using it as effectively as we could, but everybody is tagged so that tomorrow we could start every week or every month sending out specific um, emails about interest, you know, those interested areas. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And and the people that had searched in that location or in that general location would be the ones getting it. It's targeted email. It's not rocket science, but it's just you have to make that part of the tagging program to um to find them later and send them the right stuff well otherwise it's just going to be a generic email from you that has nothing to do with what it is that they were looking for which means which is them then they say well how is this supposed to help me yeah and it just becomes white noise right well and same thing like well that's why there's two different kinds of real estate leads there's buyers and sellers and well i should say there's also people who you meet that have no interest in buying or selling right now. Yeah. And so how do you communicate with those people? So anyways, but knowing for the buyers, because that's where most of the leads and old leads come from, is just knowing what their interests are. Even if like maybe they only looked at one house in Thornton Park, but they know what the location probably is because it's a pretty specific name. Like again, I don't get uber specific. Like there's certain areas of town. Like if you look at a map, it says... um, I don't know. Maybe. As you get further out from this, from the downtown area, the 
they get less specific and larger. Right. Right. Like, for example, there's an area in uh, its its own city called Winter Garden, but it's near Orlando and it's a very popular area. Um, There are neighborhoods and little specific pockets like Summer Lakes is a big neighborhood. But I'm not going to tag Summer Lakes because it's just not it's not well known enough. Yeah. Whereas in some of the areas downtown Orlando, there are specific pockets that if I sent out an email tomorrow that said new new listing in Thornton Park, I bet I'd get an 80 yeah. percent open rate because yeah. that's a very desirable location. And if I'm targeting specific people who already showed an interest in downtown Orlando real estate, they're going to want to look at that email. Right. So unless it goes into their spam folder. <laughs> and I would just, and that's one of the things that uh, we were just talking about the automatic direct or a. Uh, uh, the way that like uh, a clothing store would do these targeted ads, they they can get down into the nitty gritty of those specific things, colors and and stuff, because the, it's it's all happening on a computer. You're doing it manually. You don't want to get so overwhelmed with tags. And if you're just starting off, I would make them as simple as you can, knowing that this is going to grow. Yes. Right. So if you have do, there's no reason to make a separate tag for one person. Right, right, right. Like well, and that's start- the thing I've I've said multiple times to my team. Like, if the tag doesn't exist, then do not create it. <laughs> right, there's a reason. There's why already it exist. enough yeah. of them. We don't need to start creating new ones. So you have you have like a key sheet, right? Like a like the a, a, a tag bible. Yes, which is if and this- no one's supposed to create tags without it. Know, so if you're bad. on my it's- team and you're listening to this yeah. and you've created a tag in the last thirty Go days, <laughs> I'm mad at you. It's too bad you can't lock it. Right. And just if it's not one of these tags, then it's nothing. It's like kind of like when you fill out a, a field for a, a zip code or something and it won't let you put in the right. wrong zip code right. and stuff. It should, you hit a letter and one of the tags comes up and you can only select those. That would make things dummy proof. Yeah. Well, but that's the point is once, once you get to a level where things are cleaned up or if you're starting from fresh, like if you're just getting started, I cannot stress enough the importance of creating a tag spreadsheet that you're going to use to find people so that you can properly communicate with them. Do that before you start adding people or if you've only got a few people, do it now. Yeah. And then if you're cleaning things up because... Especially because you don't know who else is going to be needing to get in there. Like I'm thinking of the way that I label all of my design stuff for years. You know, I've got everything going back to 2008 or something. There's a folder that says 2008 and you open that up and it's got all... But all of the different... Everything's got a name on it that I created out of my own head. And it's like, I know what that's called. It's called this. Yeah. Right. Makes perfect sense to me why it's called that. But if I were to hire somebody and have them come in, there is no way they would be able to find anything because because of the way that I've chosen to name things. But if you're just now starting in the business, make it make sense because you don't know if a year from now you're going to be hiring an assistant who isn't going to be able to understand your craziness. Well, but you you can also train that, right? Like I've always- You can always, train the craziness. Yeah, you can. But. I, I title files a certain way and then that's part of the manual and the training process. Yeah. Because, and why do I do it that way? Um, so it's so that I can find stuff because I know that if I title, for example, um, the contact info sheet. Yeah. 
And if I don't title it contact info sheet underscore that person's last name, mm-hmm. then guess what? I type in t- contact info sheet and there's hundreds of them, thousands of them. Right. And I can't find the one that I'm looking for quickly on the go, which right. is what I always you need to be able one, to have. That you label the next one with their first with their first and last name. And then it says contact sheet. And then the next one says uh, CS with the person's last name. And yeah. Yeah. There's you've got to have a system. And and some even with the system, like stuff still sure gets all off track sometimes. But that's that's what we're talking about is like fixing that. This is the you know take take the time. I think because I'm I'm reading the seven habits of highly what is it the seven habits of highly effective people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't remember what the book's called. Um, Again, and I think you know part of that book is explaining that sometimes it actually saves you time to take. The, a moment and fix something right then, you yeah. know, or yeah. not right then, but like to stop and say, what would actually save me time, even though it's going to take a long time, is to organize this godforsaken database. Sure. It's going to be time consuming, but in the long run, it will be the most dollar producing activity I've ever done. Yeah. And so I'm actually curious, like I'm, I'm curious to see where we are in like you know, this end of the second quarter, because this should take one full quarter to do mm. based on the, the way we're breaking it down. So where are we in the second quarter when 3000 people have been touched? You know what I mean? It should have huge results. Well, and it shouldn't. And take- if nothing else, it will just make me feel better. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it shouldn't also shouldn't take as long in the next quarter to go through everybody. Well, for the next touch, because you the, everybody's already. In well, the then they're all tagged properly, right? Yeah. So the next time I need to look for somebody in H and V, they're tagged H and V. Yeah. And I can just, I'd say, I need to call my sphere and database. Right. It's already here. Done. They are. Yeah. You, there's no second step cleanup as you're going. Yeah. And if it's being audited every month, then you shouldn't have to worry about it. Right. Or like if I just, um, I have, you know, I'm behind on goal and I I want to find um, a listing appointment. Well, probably sitting down and going through all the old sellers would be a good use of time. Yeah. I don't care that I called them last quarter. Like I need, I'm, I'm behind, if I'm behind and I, I need to make more contacts, who can I call to get a listing? Well, I can go and choose that tag and immediately it also makes it, it also find makes the it, people who might have a listing there. Yeah. And it makes it easier if you do have a team or starting your team or any of those things for buyer a buyer's agent to be able to pull directly from that database or whatever you know what i mean like specifically these are these were buyer leads that have come in and this is all of them this this is who you're going to call yeah for you know to look for to look for uh, appointments well so um so we we're going to talk about like what do you say because when you're calling old people not, not old people <laughs> them too <laughs> um but when you when you're calling these older leads, they're not going to remember. No, they have no idea who you are, and you so, don't remember them. <laughs> right, right. Why fair, would they remember you? Fair enough. Um, so you have to just approach it that way, and and I think just be fully transparent and say, like, first thing, hey, this is Catherine with Keller Williams Realty. You may not remember you inquired about a property, and here's where the tag comes in handy. You inquired about a property in the Thornton Park area. I'm just curious, did you end up finding a place? You're trying, and normally we would say you want to ask an open ended question, but I think with old leads, you're really trying to clean clean things up, right? So, like, go straight to the point. Yeah. Because it doesn't, the first question out of the gate doesn't have to be open ended. If you get a talker who's like, actually, we were just 
talking about looking again, then you can get into the open-ended questions, but let's get the, the goal of this. Number one goal is to clean up the database. That's what you're doing is cleaning it up. Number two goal. Hmm, maybe we get some leads out of this thing. Yeah. While we're, while we're, while we're doing the cleaning, right? Maybe find a 20 in the couch cushions. You're not doing, <laughs> you're not cleaning to find the, the 20, but that could be a, a byproduct of it. Yeah. So, so, but you, that's why you ask right away. So that if they go, we don't live in Orlando anymore. Stop calling me. And then they hang up. You can go check well, or whatever it happens to be. And, and because that's the goal is to clean up the database. So if it's a seller, same exact thing. Most of the time, seller leads came through as a home value request. Mm. Um, so they might not have even really wanted to sell their house. And, but And we, we get those home value requests from postcards from farming neighborhoods and um, rarely somebody on the website clicking through and and looking for that but yeah but it's, and it's, then there's there's other sources too and like um we've done facebook ads before right. and so you get but most of the time those ads and those postcards are directing them to get their home value right so what is what's happening in the market right now i'm asking you a question yeah oh it's a seller's market it's a, yeah it's like the we craziest have, seller's market we've we, ever seen right. ever we, in we the history of time a bunch of buyers looking to buy your home so I think with sellers, first of all, you can actually in the cleanup, you can see if they actually still own their home. So the right. cleanup can just be um, they're going to get archived or deleted if they just don't own that house anymore. I right. don't need to call them. Yes, some people might say, well, let's just call them because they could have a referral or they could do this. It's like if they don't that's own the not, house anymore. That's, that's not the goal of this project. The goal of this project is to clean up the database. What you're talking about is calling the database. Those are two different things, right? right. right? So it's like I, I know that you've had that you've had this issue with yourself before back in the day, which is well before I call this person, let's make sure that they still own their home and blah blah because I don't want to bother them if they don't own it or they already sold it. Then why am I calling? And do they really? Is this the name? Does this go with what's on the? In the well, I in, think what you're talking about. Is a little bit different. Well, it is. It is different. And that's my point is that the point of this thing is not to worry about those things. The point of this is to clean up the database. The point of the other thing is to is you're calling leads or potential leads to get to set appointments. Well, and so you got to keep me, your head straight about what this project, not you, I'm just saying in general, keep your head straight about what this project is. But I think what you're describing is like you, there's a tendency I've done it before myself, but there's a tendency with expireds and for sale by owners to spend time seeing if they sold their house or seeing if they um, relisted and that time that it takes to do that. Like that's not the point of those calls. The point of those calls is to just call call people who have raised their hand and have a real estate need. Right. Totally different than I'm cleaning up this database. This person inquired about their home value two years ago and I'm just looking to see if they still own it before I retag them. Oh, that's call true. them, yes. add in notes, do a bunch of stuff to clean it up yeah, if no. they don't even live there. No, anymore. that's 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 absolutely true. That there's no there's no doubt about that. I, I guess and I guess it would take some practice of calling and how many of these people actually answer their phone when you call and that, that you where you can get a hold of them. And I would assume that sometimes it's easier just to look it up and see and go, oh, they don't even live here anymore. That's they don't own that house. Somebody else does and move on than it is to call. But then at the same time, depending on your internet skills and your and how quickly you can do that, maybe it is just easier just to make the call. Yeah, but the point of this 
is to clean it up. So I, as I said, I'm going through, like, let's say I'm going through the H and V's this week. If somebody inquired about their house value and their last name is an H, I'm going to be touching that person's file. Let's call it their, their contact info. And when I'm doing that, I'm not calling them right that second. I'm cleaning it up and I'm going to see um, if it has all the right tags, if they're on a smart plan, mm-hmm. what's been the communication, what are the notes? I'm going to look through all that stuff. But I'm not going to do any of that until I've made sure they still own the house. Right. Otherwise, I'm wasting time right. retagging them and doing yes. all that crap. Get it. So, um, sorry. <laughs> I feel like we got a little yeah. in there with that one. But so, anyways, let's say they still own the house. Then they're going to be put on the list to call next week. Because I've then I've cleaned up the list. I've added the tag of old sellers. I've, you know, I've added any notes from maybe previous communications that didn't make it over from the previous CRM or whatever needs to happen there. They're going on the list to call next week. So when you call, it's either a buyer or a seller, right? So the seller, yes, the market is really hot. It's historically a seller's market, like historically the best seller's market we've ever had. And the prices in Orlando are up over 20% the previous year. So in this call, it's going to be a little bit different because you already know that they still own the house. Whereas when you're calling a buyer, you don't know if they already bought one because you don't, Yeah, it's hard to find that out. You could look, but you don't yeah, know what county they bought in. Yeah, it was like, that's too time were, consuming. Yeah, yeah, too much. They yeah. could have, their boyfriend could have bought it. Yeah. It's too much time. So you're just going to put them on the call list. And you're going to, when you call the seller though, you're going to say the same thing. Like, hey, I'm Catherine with Keller Williams. And you may not remember, but you inquired about your home value. And I just wanted to give you a quick update. You may have heard, you know, the market is really hot. In fact, the prices are up over 20% since last year. Have you given any consideration to selling in 2022 or something to that effect? Mm -hmm. Or do you have any real estate plans in 2022? What happens? Do you leave a message if they don't answer? The message. Okay. I can't stress this enough. What happens if you call and it just goes to like a random voicemail, like that robot voice or you call and these are three different questions. And what happens if you call and that number doesn't exist anymore? Okay. So that's, those are three different questions. (laughs) (laughs) So the voicemail, I, I can't stress this enough. Your voice message should always just say to anybody, it doesn't even matter who you're calling. If it's for lead generation purposes, I think the voice message should always be, this is Catherine with Keller Williams Realty. I had a quick question for you. Give me a call back. That's it. I can't like, and I know I sometimes leave rambling messages. I'm a human being and not perfect either, but I can't tell you how many times I overhear people leaving these big, long rambling messages. And it's like, most people, oh my gosh. Look, if if I can't read the message in my (laughs) voicemail, like when it pops up and dictates it, you know, how you can, when you go to your voicemail, it'll tell you what it says. If I can't read it without opening it all up, I don't open it all up. <laughs> well, especially if it's from someone I don't know it's like oh I don't have time for this you want people to call you back so if you like let's say for example I called a seller lead and I left a message that said I, I don't know if you remember but you inquired about your home value and I don't know if you know but the market is up 20 percent since last right. year you, are you doing... still thinking about selling okay so even if they were they're not gonna they're probably not gonna call you back they go huh maybe I should sell Hey, do we know any realtors? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, or no, I don't have a need right now and I'm not yeah. going to call you back because there was no question or any reason to call you back. Yeah. Um, so anyways, 
Just you leave. can even say I've got a couple quick questions for you instead of I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? a couple quick a, a couple questions. quick questions is like, ooh, what do they want? Because it's it's more than just this. Are you ready to buy a, to sell your home? Yeah, like, you can kind of see that one coming from a mile away. Yeah. So so just leave. I've got a quick question. I've got a couple questions for you, and they still might not call you back. But the point is, right. you're trying to increase engagement. You're trying to get some of these people to respond, and they're not going to if you leave a big long rambling message about the real estate market that right. they didn't ask for. Yeah. Um. So well, what happens if you call and there's that number has been disconnected. Yeah. So um, if, cause this happened the other day. Um, if, if the number has been disconnected, then I'm going to, do I have another contact method? Right. So let's say again, there's buyer and seller leads. That's it. So if it's a buyer and I have no phone number, but I still have an email address, well, I'm just going to put them on that hey, did COVID change your buying plans uh-huh. campaign? They're going to get emails. They may or may not respond. They may not have the same email. It just doesn't matter. I've got their email. I'm going to try to reach out to them. So if they, if the number is disconnected or doesn't exist, you just put them on that email plan because you chances are you have their email too. Yes. And if I don't have their email, they're going in the trash. Right. I have no way to reach them. Yeah. I'm not going to try and look up their information. I'm, this is cleaning up. Yeah. Get rid of it. Um. Don't let it bog down your system, making it look like you've got all these people. <laughs> right. So if you and then if you get that buyer and you send, you don't only all you have is an email and you send the email to them and the email comes back to you and they say, um, we actually just bought a house six months ago. We just bought a house last year. Yeah. We moved out of the state. Any or any of those things. Do they go in the trash, too? Yeah. OK. So here's why. Because what I have. Then found- they're just a random person that. I didn't work with them. They don't know me. They have an agent. Now, look, maybe in seven to 10 years when they want to buy again, their uh, agent has stopped communicating with them. And like maybe there's like this slim chance that they remember who I am if I communicated with them regularly and emailed them. But what? But why? I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know them. Let's spend our money and our time wisely on opportunities for new new people. Yeah. And they've told they've told me we worked with someone else. And there's just no reason. Yeah. And I also have found, and this is like sort of, there's not like science to this, but I have found that buyers are just there. Like, what am I trying to say? (laughs) There's a buyer on every corner. (laughs) But that's not even what I mean. I just mean, if you, you'll find that you run into the same buyers like over time. Oh. Repeatedly. Right. You you were at my open house four months ago. Yeah. Like, oh, you're still looking for a house? That kind of a thing. Yeah. So if if it's somebody that's looking in your area, they bought a house, like if it's in an area that you service, like you might run into them again and they might call you anyways because they might end up on some other list. But there's no point in them keeping them in your database for now because they've said, or not for now, for forever, yeah. because they've said that they worked with someone else and they're all set. Right. And you don't like they may never move for 30 years. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So trash them. Get so it, rem- always it remember as you're going through the process that the point of this is to clean out the database, not to get leads. Because leads, leads may come from it. That would be awesome. Appointment set. Great. Awesome. It will. But that's like finding the money in the couch. It 100% will. And even if they're not like, um, depending on how many people you're cleaning up, right? You you might not find now people. Uh-huh. But what you will find is people who say, well, I am thinking about doing something, but I'm, I'm waiting another year. Great. I've now got a nurture for next year. Right. Put them on the... 
12 by 12. And I know how to communicate with them now because I know they're a year out. Right. So you're going to just increase your pipeline for the future, if nothing else, right. depending on how many people you have. And we won't get into it here, but when you hear that, there's a script for that when they say that, right? So it's well, like there so should be, there's scripts for all of these things when... Well, so where do you go? Like if... So I'm just going to break this down one more time. So buyer, seller. First line is pretty much the same as you may not remember and you did this. I'm I'm this person. You may not remember. You inquired about this and then whatever the, the next line is, like, did you end up buying a home? Or the market is up over 20%. The prices are up over 20%. Have you given any thought to selling your home this year? That's the first part, right? Then they're going to answer you. They're either going to say in a buyer scenario, yes, we bought a house. Great. Where'd you end up buying? Whatever. You know, you're just being friendly at that point. Um, and then, sorry, I was just like playing out this in my head. <laughs> oh, I ended up buying in Thornton Park. Oh, congratulations. We were right down the street. That's a great location. Well, good. you know, congratulations on that. And I'll just update my system here and delete. Okay. Or they say, no, we didn't end up buying a house. Oh, okay. What's What um, stopped you from buying something? Well, the market was just too, the prices kept going up and we just couldn't find anything we liked. So we decided to re-sign our lease. Oh, okay, great. So are you thinking about when the lease is up, are you thinking about getting back into the market? Now you're just trying to find out their timeline and you're going back to the LP mama. Location, price, motivation. Did, were they working with someone before? Do they have an agent that they're going to be working with? Um, mortgage, like were they pre-approved right. or were they paying cash? Yeah, all this stuff is all intertwined, people. It's all <laughs> and then, intertwined. And then the last part of the LP Mama is appointment. Well, you're not going to set an appointment today, but what you're kind of trying to gauge is what's their timeline and would they be willing to meet in the future when the time is right? And then you put that in your database. Now you I've got that. an appointment for next year in March right. <laughs> as long as I keep in touch. So from there, they're going to go on a long-term buyer plan where they're going to get an email once a month and a call every Which quarter. Which we've talked about in other episodes. Yes, because now, now those, I those know systems. what their plan is. If it's seller, and the seller says, no, we decided to stay put, we're going to die in this house. Somebody <laughs> told me that recently. Oh my God, that's <laughs> hilarious. Like soon? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> um, we're going we're gonna to die in this house, we're not going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so... Let's put a pause on that. Let's put a pin in that one for a second. Yeah. Okay. But they say, well, not this year, but probably in yeah. the next couple of years, they, we're retiring. We'll right. probably look at it again in the future. Yeah. Okay. Which is what most people will say. All right. We're waiting for our kids to graduate. They're in middle school. Okay. You're waiting for your kids to graduate middle school, school or high school? High school. High school. Okay. We're not going to go anywhere until we're, until they're gone. Okay. Empty nest. Awesome. What high school do they go to? <sighs> I'm just you're just going to build rapport and like ask questions right um that might not be the question that's kind of creepy right (laughs) what high school do they go to or or I guess they're in middle school anyways um but you're going to ask more questions of that like oh okay so when they graduate from high school are you thinking about downsizing moving out of state where where would you go in an ideal world what would you do after they graduate high school just going to try and get some more information so I know how to best follow up with them in the future Okay. And then from there, if there's somebody who's looking to do something soon, I might go ahead and set an appointment. If they're a year out, I'd put them on a long-term seller campaign. If they're further than a year, I'm going to ask them more about like how I could best follow up. Meaning I might say, okay, so you're, you're quite a ways away. Um, it might be beneficial for you to actually kind of keep your eye on the market though, just to see what the prices are in your neighborhood. Um, so what I'll do is I'll just set you up on a, just a monthly email where you can see what's being listed in the neighborhood. How does that sound? 
And then I'll put them on that. And then over time, you know, and maybe see, even put them on a quarterly call as well. So right. that in, you know, at some point. Depending on how the conversation went. Absolutely. They, if they sounded cool, if they were weirdos and they were short and they just wanted to hang up the phone, that's one thing. And if they were real talkative and you got along really well and it seems like, oh, these people are normal. They remind me of my parents and all of that kind of stuff. Then it's like that's somebody you might want to call quarterly because you obviously made a connection. Right. They probably felt it too. Yeah. And um, you also have their address, right? So right. what can you do also? You can send them direct mail. Yeah. So even if they only got 12 emails and 12 direct mail pieces, but you didn't call them again for a while, at least you're still doing something versus them dying in your database right. <laughs> in the under the weight of all the other people and not sure what to do with them. Right. So that's... That is what I'm working on, and I'm I'm excited to share with you how this goes yeah. over the next few weeks and months as we clean all this out and how many things we shake loose, because yeah, stuff be will shake loose. Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I called somebody yesterday, excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I called somebody yesterday who um, was a past client who had moved out of the area uh, and were, was renting the place, and I, I had lost touch. That happens. Like sometimes they don't answer the phone all the time, and and they left, and they don't live here, and so this happens. This is part of the the, why they're because they weren't in a follow up system. They were just in the database as a past client. Well, they probably got mislogged when they moved over to the new (laughs) term. No, but I mean. But yeah, like when they got moved over from the previous CRM, right. they, they, they probably, they, you know. Something got moved or accidentally tweaked and all of a sudden they're just in a database. Yeah. Or you get and you get the mail piece back where it's like they don't live there anymore. Maybe they even got removed. I don't know. Like, like Yeah, well, if you take your name off, you know, you take your name off of the thing and you're doing direct mail and stuff keeps getting sent back or yeah. whatever. It's like, that. yeah. But, well, they want to sell their place. The one that they're renting. Yeah. Yeah. So now, um, now's a good time. So it'll be interesting to see how much more, you know, we kind of yeah, shake Yeah, you loose. just started this. Yeah. And, and there's already, there's a listing there. Potentially. Potentially. Got to meet and convince them to work with me again. Because they're like, well, you haven't talked to me. And- yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Let's take a quick break. The Think Live B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. ThinkLiveB is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. All right, what's next? Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Question from the web. Today's question, I think, is directed towards me a little bit. Oh, my goodness. That was our dog. <laughs> Yawning. She has the cutest. I don't know if that made it into the show. We'll have to see. Um, What kind of camera and lens do you suggest for great photos? Can you offer any suggestions for equipment and software editing tools? Thank you so much. Can I give my two cents on that? Uh, Somebody else's. Well, I was going to (laughs) say a professional's. There there is no (laughs) camera 
that takes great photos. It's the person behind the lens (laughs) that takes the great photo. And if you're a good photographer, you can do it with anything. But for argument's sake here, you need a wide angle lens. Um, It doesn't matter if you use a micro uh, four thirds camera, which is the little smaller camera with the smaller lenses. Or if you have a nice big Canon or Nikon, you need something that is comparable to eight millimeter to 10 millimeter. What you don't want is a fisheye. So you don't want it all bendy on the sides and that those fisheye lenses you can see have a real uh, convex convex lens on them. It looks like a golf ball on the end of it. You don't want that. So also I haven't I haven't seen like the, the new iPhone lens. Maybe that might be wide enough. But here's the problem with that when you do that is when I take my photos, I take them bracketed. What that means is I set it up on the tripod and I take five to seven photos one right after the other really quickly one is very very dark and what that does is for example because everything around it is dark the light bulb you can see the filament in it but everything else is in shadow and then it goes all the way up to super super bright and what that one does everything is blown out white except for what's in the shadows so you can see what's in the shadows so now i've got photos that show everything from what's in the shadows to the light bulb filament and everything in between. The software I use is Adobe uh, Lightroom. In that particular software, you can take all five or seven of those photos, whichever ones you, whatever you decide to do, and it blends all of them together. So everything in the shadows you can see and the light bulb filament you can also see. And then you have to tweak it a little bit. Then when I'm taking the photos, I take a flash shot of the exterior of the what you can see through the windows to get a really nice shot of the window of what's outside the windows but it also makes all the window trim light so it's not black around the around the windows it's it's what you would normally that white trim then i take that photo and i go the photo that i blended together and the photo flash photo i take those both into photoshop i take the the what you can see out the window and I blend it with the blended photo. So now I've got a, my photo from the flash is the what's outside and the other photo of the blended five shots or seven shots. Then I take that, I go back into Lightroom with it. I give it the last final tweaks, any rotation it might need, any sort of um, cleanup anywhere. And then I save that. That's photo number one. And I do that for every single photo. So when you, if you think you can just go buy a camera with a nice lens and just go snap a shot and it's going to be what you're seeing in the MLS of some of these beautiful photos, how do they do that? That's how it's done. So if you want to do that as a realtor, that's great. Get into photography. Any camera will work. Any decent camera nowadays, uh, DSLR will work. Invest in a five to thousand dollar lens, five hundred to a thousand dollar wide angle lens, um, a nice flash that you can do, buy Adobe Suite. These are all the things that you have to be able to do in order to do it. Ideally, of course, the best thing to do is to hire somebody because you're supposed to be calling leads. <laughs> well, I was going to say this is this is the the first part of leverage that if you're an individual agent. The first thing you do is go hire, when you get your first listing, you're leveraging your time by paying a professional to do a job. 
So this is like the first part of leverage that you learn in real estate. And so when when I see like those iPhone photos or people who have taken their own, they don't know. Um, first of all, they don't understand how impactful that is or they don't care how impactful that is for getting the listing sold for top dollar for their client or they don't care. And they're like, whatever, um, I'll just save money. Right. Instead of investing in their clients being able to get the most money, which in turn means they get the most money, which in turn means you get more money. Right. Um, and it takes less time to sell. So it's, you're saving time and uh, it might sell for you get more showings. Now, all of a sudden, there's multiple bit, multiple offers. Well, and I think that's just like not seeing the big picture. Right. So what happens when when um, the seller sees the photo spend a dime to save a nickel? Right. Like, so the seller sees the photos and they're not, they're like, oh, these don't look as good as the rest of the listings. Like then you're, and then it doesn't sell for as much as it could have. You're not going to get the referral from that person. Like you have to think really long term. Real estate is a long, like, um, the more you do it over time. Yeah doing it right, p- providing a good level of service, a good level of marketing, the more referrals you get. That compounds on itself over time. And But the only way that that happens is if the first one you get, you do it right. Right. And and don't try to do the things that there are really professionals well, to do. Here's a great example, right? Is So I'm I, Catherine is, has leveraged me to do her photos for her. Um, I think maybe when we first started, you might have even taken taken photos yourself at the beginning i was like give me that thing <laughs> let me do this well no i did hi- i had a company i don't know if they're still around obio um that i paid for uh photos for uh, oh, a man, while. at the very beginning very and then, beginning and then we yeah. sort of took over but but here's an example is i don't i looked into um virtual staging like is this something that i can do for for Catherine? can i do virtual staging and be able to do it. And I looked into it and I was like, oh, the amount of work that it would take and the amount of software and all of the access to and for me to and then looking at the number of listings that she takes on a year that need virtual staging that don't already have. It wasn't worth it the time that it would take to do it. It's better to just outsource it. So there's there are lot, plenty of things when it comes to this stuff that we outsource. It makes more In fact, there are now of some of the houses that she gets listings of are outside the scope of where I, it makes sense for me to drive to. Yeah. So we hire a company when it is outside the, the zip codes of, of me willing to drive there, do all the photos, drive all the way home. Like what is my time worth? It's not worth it for us to have me do that. We hire a company for that. So we're still outsourcing things when it doesn't, when it makes sense to save us time and money. Yeah. I, but I'm, I guess going back to that though, this is your first piece of leverage. Use it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> small win, Catherine. Do you have a small win? Well, the Bucks lost, or the the Bills <laughs> lost. <laughs> now I don't have to hear about football anymore yeah. from Kayla. I'm just kidding, Kayla. Um. Uh, no, I was, this is actually, it's really more of a big win, but just with this database thing, like just having a focused plan and, and just saying, I'm, I'm going to take the more time consuming route because in the long run, it is more dollar producing. It's more important priority than other things. Like just the prioritization of that and, and kind of realizing it and then doing it. It's kind of a, kind of a, um, 
big deal. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's nice. It's nice to be able to clean all of that out to feel like, okay, I'm going to get this stuff organized. And then to actually, you know, we're a month into the year and then to kind of be excited about it still means that it's not a New Year's resolution of this year I'm going to clean out that closet. Oh, it's happening. Yeah. So I'm, that's, that is nice. I'm just, um, it's, it's not just the database either. It's like, I'm just on a mission to, I think, I feel like over the last two years, um, and I'll blame COVID, uh, just things got, everyone else does. <laughs> it's COVID's fault. Uh, but I, I just feel like everything, like we still were busy. We still, we did a lot of sales, all good things happened, but I think in, in a lot of that, um, things got more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like casual and not yeah. like things weren't happening exactly the way I wanted it them was just, to. We were just happy that there were sales happening and just kind and of, that the market didn't yeah, you know, go the just, other direction. And just, push, and just, I think like a lot of people, they're just like, I'm just going to eat what, you know, the grocery store. I don't want to go. We're just going to order food in and, and, and stuff. And all of a sudden you wake up, it's two years later, you gain 15 pounds <laughs> and, and it's like, but you made it through. Okay. And it's like, okay, now it's time to like, let's, we're going to have to live with this. Let's let's get things situated yeah. here. And, and, and it's not like I, I feel like we did a lot of good stuff um, when we were working from home and trying to figure out, like, how do we keep people engaged and not freaking out? And like yeah. all of that stuff that we did was all good. But somewhere between that, those first couple months of like pivot, yeah. <laughs> if I heard that word more one more time from from that point all the way to like the end of this last year, I've said this before, it feels like all just a blur. Yeah. And it feels like it's all the same year. And, yeah. and, and it was all a super of, busy night in the kitchen, like yeah. at the restaurant. Like it was, it, it w- flew we were, by. We were borderline weeded the whole time <laughs> in the weeds and stuff. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we've, now it, it's time to clean the dishes right. and kind of, you kind of sweep the floor and get things situated so that we can have the rest, of, the rest of the dinner night is going to go okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's a good analogy Thank for it. Thank you. <laughs> and my small win is um, we finally I did some designs for our kitchen nook wet bar coffee station area, which is leads into the kitchen. And I did all the designs for it. I got on the phone with some uh, uh, fabricators, some that do soapstone and and granite and put out the feelers for the cabinets and stuff. And so it's happening. It's all, it's all happening. happening. <laughs> One day. Yeah. So I'm excited for that to to get started. Although I have been doing some research. If you guys are out there thinking, I'm going to remodel my kitchen, be prepared to wait six <laughs> months for cabinets to come in. Because like I said, COVID <laughs> puts, puts everything, doubles the time. So, oh my gosh. And the money, it I'm, seems like. Seriously. Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions, letters, and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com. You can leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. Send us a tweet at seekthebestpod. And for Kat Kayla and myself, thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week. Bye. Adios. This has been a Think Live Be production.